beautiful souls and welcome to the Find Your Feminine podcast with your host Carly Jade, where we discuss all things harnessing your menstrual cycle, trusting your intuition and letting go of limiting beliefs. I am a rapid transformational therapy practitioner helping women just like you all over the world find themselves, uncover their soul's purpose and live an abundant life fully in feminine flow. I am so happy that you've shown up today and without further ado ladies let's jump straight into today's episode. everyone and welcome back for another episode of the find your feminine podcast i hope you have been enjoying this new little venture of mine i sure have there's nothing else i love more than talking if you have me on instagram you would know that i just love it so thank you so much i know i've been getting like lots of amazing reviews i don't want to boost my ego but that's what i'm doing and uh, helping so many more people in the world from i guess this platform so thank you so much for your feedback I have a very, very, very special guest on the podcast today, a beautiful woman by the name of Madison Hawes. And how I found this lovely lady, she actually popped into my Instagram as a sponsored ad and I just saw the photo of her and I, I mean, I don't really... I've, I, I strongly believe in like there's no coincidence, like everything is aligned and you're meant to meet people that are meant to come into your time, your, your life at specific times of your life. And Madison is definitely one of those. She's actually also one of my clients and I am now helping her clients through RTT with achieving their goals. So she is a non-clinical nutritionist and a personal trainer. So she basically at the pinnacle of what she does is she transforms women's viewpoints on nutrition and health and what it actually means to be healthy and that there's no one size fits all. She's created this beautiful community called BBM, which we'll refer to in the show. And that is, well, it stands for Body by Medicine, which is her company. And she'll explain more about that. And we get into some juicy topics and just really, I guess, decoding a lot of all the, the jargon that we were taught at a, a very early age of what what healthy was. Because I know my viewpoint of healthy, I had to do a lot of unconditioning or deconditioning around what I perceived to be healthy because we didn't have all this information available to us when we were kids or early adults or sorry, early teenagers. And I know you guys are going to get so much from this episode. This woman is amazing and I'm so excited to have her as the first OG official guest on this podcast. And without further ado, ladies and gents, let's dive into today's episode. Right, we are live. Awesome. So today on the Find Your Feminine podcast, we have Madison Hawes today. She is, I'll let her introduce herself in a second, but she's a non-clinical nutritionist, a personal trainer, and just all around awesome chick. So I'll let you introduce yourself and just, I guess, how you got into what you do today. Hi guys. And thanks Kelly for having me on. I'm so excited to be here. I 
Love this podcast. Um, I heard I was the first guest. Is that right? Yes, <laughs> the very first. I feel very privileged. I feel very privileged, and all of the guests after will have to live up to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I am Madison Hawes. I am the owner operator of my business called Body by Madison which basically helps women struggling to lose weight, to um, uncover their potential when it comes to their own physique, their own body, and improve their health in all aspects of the word. The way that I do that is by coaching them through every step of the way in a 12-week program. Um, I got started about four years ago when I launched my business. I was working full-time in a gym at that time. And I was run off my feet and I just thought there's got to be another way. I can't live like this anymore. So, yeah, I started BBM um, and ever since then I have been coaching women on how to create a really balanced and healthy um, diet for the rest of their life. I basically teach them how to do it for themselves. I'm totally qualified to do meal plans and things like that, but I don't. Um, My passion is teaching women how to how to harness it for themselves because that was something I used to struggle with myself um, was I wasn't aware of uh, how much food I needed to eat, how to eat to optimise my workouts. I was so into fitness. And, um, yeah, so before I even got into fitness, I was a travel agent, would you believe it, and I just sat in an office and um, booked people's trips for them. Uh, and that was not for me. Then I started doing my PT course, became a PT, worked in a gym, realised that I cannot work in a gym for the rest of my life. I think PTs have a shelf life of like two years because it's such demanding work on the body and so tough. Um, so now I work full-time for Body by Madison and I teach Pilates as well, uh, Reformer Pilates at KX Pilates, Tasmania, um, but yeah, so that's basically how I got into it and that's what I do. Nice. And I guess we all, I feel like we choose the path that we want to because we've overcome our own challenge in that department. Do you have a story of how maybe you've overcome your own, I want to say struggles, but challenges maybe in the health and wellness field to be who you are today and a pillar for health and I guess this direction for so many women in the world as well? Yeah, I... Uh had a bit of a struggle before I got into fitness, just becoming a woman and thinking that I needed to be the smallest version of myself to be the best version of myself. So there were points where I was like over-exercising, under-eating, and I was super skinny and not very healthy. Uh, And It just took a long time. It definitely didn't happen overnight, but all of the things that I have done um, with my education to get to where I am now is has led me to realize that to be the best version of myself, I don't need to be really small. Yes, I specialize in women's weight loss if that's what they want to do, but I don't believe that everyone needs to lose weight all the time. Sometimes you just need to um, change your diet to become healthier from the inside out. So. Yeah, I got quite skinny at one point there. I was super unhealthy and throughout all of my learnings, I've just realised that like being strong, being powerful in the gym and nourishing my body with the right amount of foods is the answer to happiness when it comes to your nutrition and fitness. And 
when I discovered that, I started um, learning about nutrition and became my nutrition advisor title that I am now and started working with women to teach them that it doesn't always have to be eat less. Sometimes it's eat more, move more and just, yeah, do it that way. Yeah, beautiful. And now that you've been in the, your business for four years, based on, I guess, maybe the, the last clients that you've had or the clients that you have currently, what's like the most common struggle or issue that you find or why they come to you initially? Like what's the biggest block? Probably um, accountability, I would say, that uh, they've yo-yo dieted for a lot of their life. Um, yo-yo dieting is... Uh, super dangerous, um, especially in women, and it causes a lot of uh, issues. Um, so I, I deal with a lot of women who have spent many years yo-yo dieting and thinking that they always need to be um, at a smaller weight to be happy. Um, I can get clients to lose body fat if that's necessary for them, if they are holding excess weight and it is not healthy for them, then I can help them with that. But, um, yeah, I guess I help women reduce that excess weight that they might not need or might not want on their body. Um, But I do that with accountability. So coaching them every single day, coaching them every single week, showing them what they need to do. I literally get them on Zoom and I show them what they have done and what they need to do next to actually achieve this goal. And I'll make sure that they hit those targets. And it's easy. I had like one of my clients, Izzy, the other day, she was giving advice to a newer girl who had just started. And I said, Izzy, what's your best piece of advice for this newer girl who's just joined BBM? And she said, it's just not as hard as you think it's going to be, which is nice. So I think, yeah, the main thing that uh, clients come to me with is that they struggle staying accountable to themselves and they need assistance with that. And I guess, yeah, that's my main role. Yeah, definitely. And I think accountability is the main thing. I remember like I used to do PT with my sister and there's no way in the world I would have gone to PT if she wasn't texting me 24-7 like Carly get your ass here and I think with anything having accountability and intention going to any course or starting anything new and just having a clear vision of what you want to get out of it and it's not necessarily has to be the beautiful most perfect body because our bodies are all different it's just what you should be really healing is the love that you had for yourself because we're not going to come out the other end as a Barbie and we never want that because when we try and mold our body in a way that's not natural to us like I've seen it with myself and I'm sure you see it with your clients it's going to be a whole different array of health problems and like yeah yo-yo diets dieting so bad but it's so common because like that culture has profited from our insecurities and it has for so long because it doesn't want you to be fixed it wants you to keep coming back and back and back and so it keeps making profit so that's exactly right. That's, and that's my passion to, to teach women how to eat for the rest of their lives so they never have to do that again. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I know you have your BBM. I love saying BBM. I'm trying to think of like an acronym I want to name like my courses. I'm yeah. like, none of them sound right. Like find your feminine is like FYF. Like that sounds really in your face (laughs) um but just uh really quickly or just I would love if you explained your programs your BBM and I guess uh how you show up in the world as yourself for sure so um I'll just kind of explain how what the life of a client is like in BBM um so when you sign up for 
first, the initial 12 weeks is the starter program. So when you first sign up as a client, I get to know you as well as I can. I learn um, what your goals are, what we're going to be focusing on, what's the main thing that you want to achieve. Then I'll get all of your statistics, create um, a nutritional breakdown for you to follow, create a specific gym program or let you follow my home programs. Um, and we go ahead and get started. We do weekly check-ins where we can check in with like measurements if we're doing like a body recomposition. Um, so we're changing your physique, maybe growing the glutes, maybe um, losing body fat, whatever the goal is. And we do that on a weekly basis. We then jump on momentum calls, just like what you and I are doing now, except on Zoom. Like we are on Zoom right now, but you guys are listening on the podcast. So we get on Zoom and I do group coaching calls every single day. And we basically do a check-in. We talk about our wins. We talk about our lessons. We talk about what we want to work on this week, what our goals are going to be. And also at the start of the program, that's when you would get all of the training modules. So you learn about the BBM nutrition method, which is a style of eating that I teach all of my clients and live by myself that helps you to actually create the perfect balanced diet for yourself. And I say perfect, there's no such thing, but for you, there is something that can make you so happy and so balanced in yourself. And that's what I teach people. It is personalized to them, but it's just a really easy way. Um, You also get, you know, printable meal planner and grocery list. And I teach you how to meal plan and organize your week so that it aligns with your goals and whatever those goals are. If it's I'm a busy mom and I need to get myself organized and make sure that I can eat enough food for my body so that I'm not seeing a reduction in my metabolism, then that might be what we would focus on and make sure that you're getting enough food. Um, If it's someone on a weight loss goal, then I would help them by making sure that they're eating in a deficit and eating the right foods to accompany that deficit And I have graphs in my program, like they have an app actually that they download onto their phone and that's where they do everything. But the graphs that I have on my side, when they log in, we have a look and we can see if they are burning more energy than they are consuming. And if not, we can make those changes. So it's super interactive, super personal, and you end up talking to me a hell of a lot and probably getting sick of the sound of my voice by the end of it. But it is just such a supportive Uh, place to be. The BBM private Facebook group has all of the girls that are doing the program and we all just become really great friends. And it's just a super supportive place that you can like come into and be like, this is my space to talk about my, my journey. This is my space to talk about nutrition and fitness without my friends telling me, oh, I'm sick of talking about nutrition with you. You know, sometimes you just want a space for the different things in your life. And BBM is your space for health, wellness, nutrition. And I love that you have this beautiful tight-knit community. It doesn't matter if like they finish the course, they're still a BBM member. And I think for me specifically and a lot of women that I, I love going to sister circles and sitting in a group of, with women and just talking. And it's with random women too, like people that I don't know. And it's just like this supportive, nurturing, really beautiful space that you can be seen and be heard and just be yourself and have similar interests and similar goals. And I guess you're all reshaping the way that you look at your body at how you look at food and we really need more of that in the world as opposed to like when I was going to a PT I had like a male PT he was really cute though he actually lives in Tasmania now oh my gosh (laughs) 
<laughs> he moved there with his wife, sad. Uh-huh. Um, but he, yeah. I think yeah. I only really liked him because he was quite cute. But yeah. he didn't understand like the whole female cycle and how we're weaker and we need more food during our menstrual cycle and like how it all actually works. And it wasn't until I think it was Martha from, uh, that was no, not the bachelor. What was that show? Married at first sight. Yes. Her partner, he did like a little live of talking about, cause he's a PT and he was talking about menstrual cycles and how it affects women. And I was like, why aren't more men talking about this? And I was so moved, but something I do, I want you to speak about really quickly, because this is why I also love you, how you just eat pizza when you want and just eat ice cream when you want and you have no guilt and you are still like achieving goals and smashing out all your weight. Cause I know you did like a weight fitness like thing recently that you wanted to get to. You were like, I don't know what the word is, but you were trying to train for something. So talk about how, I guess you, you not cured, but you healed your own uh, ways in which you look at fast food or unhealthy food per se. Yeah, for sure. So were you talking about the fact that I was trying to gain muscle? Yes. 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 Um, so yeah, I was, I was trying to gain muscle and I think that women don't understand or realize it's actually so hard to gain muscle as a woman. We think that when we go to the gym and we do like a bicep curl, it's going to like pop out and it's going to be this big muscle. And like, that's why we might train by avoiding weights and just jogging, you know, because that's a womanly exercise. But in actual fact, the woman's body is designed to be able to lift heavy weights just as strong as men, as, you know, as strong as we can be. So I've had a goal to gain muscle and increase my metabolism. And so I set myself this goal over a few months and like it didn't really work. I tried really hard, but I didn't gain really much muscle, maybe half a kilo, which is okay, actually. It's not that bad. But yeah, I just want everyone to know that as women, it is really hard to gain muscle. So don't be scared of lifting weights. So I've been trying so hard and yeah, didn't really get there, but I'm still on my journey now. Talking about the inclusion of pizza and things like that. I have never been someone who is just into healthy food. You know, when you see people that are like, oh, I would never, oh, I would Mm. never have a McDonald's. Oh, I would never like... I've just never been like that. I've always been interested in health and I guess I've always been quite balanced. So mm-hmm. I've, I I now, because of all of the research I've done and the learnings that I've done, understand that you can eat all of the foods that you love. It's just about the quantities and the amounts and ensuring that you are getting what you need on a daily basis. I think that people categorize foods too often into yes and no good and bad, healthy and unhealthy. And I try to teach my clients that if you take away those labels and instead look at it from the lens of what do I get from this food? How does it benefit me? I see um, vegetables as, oh, I'm going to get, you know, everything I need from these vegetables and everything that I need from these healthy whole grains and lean proteins but I see pizza as I'm going to have the best taste in my mouth and the best evening with my partner watching TV and it's going to be this beautiful moment. However, I'm not going to get probably um, as much energy as I would from, you know, more of a, a wholesome, balanced meal. So 
at the end of the day, all I want to teach my clients is how to balance out their nutrition so that they are happy, okay, and so that they are getting everything that they need. Yeah, so I'm huge on balance. Um, I'm having takeaway tonight for my dinner, but we're doing um, sushi night tonight instead of pizza. Normally we do Friday night pizza night, but sushi night tonight anyway. <laughs> Beautiful, yummy. And I guess what you've just sort of summed up there is your intention of eating it. So I want to have a really nice relaxing night with Jack and Sunny and watch a really great movie. Not when I used to finish work, I would I always just got pizza. Did you have, uh, do you have crust in Tasmania? Yes, yeah. You have crust? Have yeah. you tried the vegetarian one? No, because <gasps> I've... I've never gone there before. Okay. Well, you're having pizza tonight. I mean, you're having sushi tonight, but maybe next week you need yeah. everyone listening right now. This is a public service announcement. I don't have crust near me anymore, but vegetarian, I think it's like vegetarian supreme or something. It is to die for. And it's got like beautiful boccaccini, artichokes, capsicum. And then it has like a um, a pesto aioli like swirl on top. Like it is life-changing. Even Matt, who's like a carnivore and only eats meat, we'll get this pizza. So good. But yeah, so my Wednesday, because I used to be an event manager. So Wednesdays was like run sheet day and it was the most intense day because I had two hotels and like I had chefs yelling at me all day and it was just like chaotic and I hated Wednesdays. So Wednesdays would be like my treat day. So I would finish work, be really late on my way home, pick up a pizza. But I, my intention for eating that pizza was sticking another day at a job I hated. So that wasn't healthy. And then after that, I would feel so shit about myself because, oh, I've just down like all this coffee all day. I didn't really eat my nutritional values or like I didn't really eat well. Now I'm eating pizza. Then I'm not going to up, wake up the next day feeling that great. And it was just like this constant cycle, but I just couldn't stop buying pizza on a Wednesday. And it was just like, I still eat pizza. It's my that's why I always use it with reference because it's my favorite food in the whole entire world. But I changed, I changed my relationship and the intention that I had with that. And I think that's sort of like the main thing that I has really shifted for me essentially. Yeah. And I used to have moments where I used to binge eat a bit when I was working full time in the gym, I was like depleted of energy and I would intentionally get food so that I could go home and just eat the whole thing. Like it was a binge eating episode and it never got so bad as that I actually got diagnosed with binge eating disorder, right? But I had those feelings and those moments and I understand what it is like because it's um, a robotic thing. You're not in control of it. When you are so malnourished from too much energy output, not enough food from trying to diet, um, you don't have the ability to make decisions based on your health. Your body is just like, get some nutrients in me, Biarch, and do it right now. And I don't care what it is, just get the calories in. So I was, my intention for those meals was just to eat as many calories as I could in one sitting. So I would find foods that were high in calories just so that I could eat it at that in that moment. And I'm so happy to say that since that, since I quit that and started doing my own business. I've never had a moment like that again, because I choose, you know, like, like you're talking about with intention for food, I do that now. Um, and I make sure that I've got enough food in my body so that I never get to that point again. 
and yeah, need to like force feed food down or anything like that. Yeah, definitely. And everyone has their own relationship with food, whether you want to say you do or you don't, we all do, whether it's a good or a bad relationship. And I know like, for instance, my partner, he's South African. So he, every time we eat a meal, if I leave any food on my plate, he will eat it. Or I'm saying like, he's not like a savage or anything, (laughs) but we just don't leave food on our plate. And I guess uh, maybe you've had a lot of siblings in the house as well where you're fighting for the food and trying to like get as much as you can because if you don't eat fast or if you don't eat quickly, then it's gone. And it's it's so funny how we we grew up. Like I remember – because I was the youngest of all my siblings and like my, my elder sister just turned 40. So she, she was much older than me. So I always had my own plate and I didn't have to compete with anyone. And everyone since like, since I've noticed like my adult life is like, Oh, you're such a really slow eater. And I've just learned to train myself to mindfully eat. And I've always been like that. Matt hates it because we're at restaurants. So I'm like, mm, yeah, he's eating away and it take, I take forever. But I guess that's one of a really great thing that I learned because I didn't have to compete for food at such an early age to really be mindful of my food. And uh, I know I did your human design chart, Manny, recently, but when you look up your human design chart, you can actually see like where's the best space to eat and things uh, and how to eat. And one of the things I found out about myself was I actually need a quiet space to eat. But obviously being a wedding event planner, in my previous job for the last six years, I just eat wherever I can find a spot. And it was just like whatever. And usually it was just coffee or leftovers from an event or canapes. Like it wasn't really a good diet. So I guess it was just wasn't until that I started hypnotherapy and I went full time my business. Like I don't drink caffeine anymore and like making all these shifts because I realized these things are just like my survival mechanism and because my food is like the most important thing in my whole entire life. I love food so much. But my relationship with it back then wasn't good it was okay but it wasn't great so I guess yeah I just love hearing people's stories of how they've sort of overcome this yeah this culture that we're like imprinted in from such an early age like we see Weight Watchers, like the amount of times I've done sessions on clients and they bring up scenes where they are with their mum at a Weight Watchers meeting. Like I feel like all of our mums went to Weight Watchers or did some sort of yo-yo dieting and my mum still does dieting. Like I remember growing up, we had to get the skinny milk because the full cream was bad and we had to kind of have more than half an avocado a day, uh, not too much fish because it's really fatty and uh, she would always buy like those, love you mum if you're listening, but <laughs> you would all, she would always buy like those skinny cow ice creams because they were low in calories and it was just like uh, I had to do so much deconditioning over fat essentially mm-hmm. And um, I would love to hear, I guess, your standpoint of fat and I guess fat carbs and what's the other one? Protein. There you go. And uh, what women um, should eat based on like their cycles. I know for me, I had to really boost up my fats and just eating more carbs around the time of um, menstruation and in my luteal phase. And like I see people that do like keto and keto, you're only meant to have like five grams of carbs a day, is it? Mm, Like that's insane. Yeah, 10 or 15 maybe a day. Like no one can survive off that. If you're a male maybe. but Some people do survive, but it's not not long term. It's something that people do for a quick fix and um, in some cases it's used for a medical reason which you know I'm totally fine with but it's not long term when you drop weight 
in a ketogenic diet, usually very fast, it's because water like attaches to carbohydrates when you like digest them, right? So if you're not having any carbohydrates, like you just drop a whole bunch of water weight super fast. Mm. I'm not a fan of anything that you can't do forever. Mm. Okay. So I think uh, creating a balance of protein, carbs, and fats and a balance that works really well for you is something that you can do for the rest of your life. It's sustainable. It's healthy. Um, Women especially, uh, we need healthy fats for um, our hormones. They play a huge role in our hormone um, production and health. So when you eat low fats, that can be attributed to some problems that you can get with, with your hormones. So, yes, when we were growing up, it was low-fat milk, low-fat yogurt, low-fat everything, um, which is confusing because the best part of the milk for you is the healthy fats that come with the milk, right? And women still to this day, like, won't drink full cream milk and I ask them why <laughs> and they don't know and they're like, I, I don't know, I, it's not good for you. And I'm like, Why? Why? Like, where are you getting this information from? It's just because we were we were told that when we were young that fat is bad, that fat is not bad. Maybe having heaps of fat is not good, like heaps of fat in one day, but a good balance, you know, find yourself a good balance. I would say that for women who are looking to get fitter, I mean, who isn't? You know, we're constantly trying to be fit, feel fit, feel great. But the thing that I come across all the time in my work is women under eating on protein and overeating on the other two macronutrients, right? So if you increase the amount of protein that you are eating and have then a healthy balance, let's say a minimum of 40 grams of fats per day, minimum for women. So if you have a nice high amount of protein, and I'm talking like upwards of 100 grams, maybe more if you're exercising at the gym, and doing some weighted exercises, uh, and then the rest of your calories or amount of energy that you need in a day should be filled up with your carbohydrates and uh, carbohydrates from uh, vegetables and fruits because people often don't see veggies as carbs, but that's exactly what they are, carbohydrates. So that's another reason why keto scares me sometimes because I'm like, if you're only eating 10 grams of carbs, like, like where are you getting your veggies? Like where, how does that work? You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, your veggies, your fruits, your healthy whole grains, that, that's what I would be filling the rest of my energy intake up with for the day. And if anyone is vegan, mm. where would you, where's the best sources to get your protein from? Well, you can get protein from vegetables and lentils and um, healthy whole grains like that have protein as well. But you can also do something like a vegan protein powder, which is really helpful. On my journey to gain muscle, I was having two protein shakes in a day, like healthy protein shakes and eating like lean chickens and I was eating lean, you know, fish and I'm not a vegan or a vegetarian, so I eat meats and I, I eat everything basically. And I still only gained 400 grams of muscle in two months, right? So, um, yeah, I just wasn't eating enough food for what I, what I wanted and I figured that out in the end. But, yeah. So there's some good tips for vegans, definitely eating lentils and beans and lots of greens, lots of veggies and, yeah, vegan protein powder for sure. 
Yeah, cool. And I guess with all this talk, like I feel like everyone's becoming like an environmentally friendly person now, just with David's new film. Have you seen it? I haven't yet. I'm actually <gasps> I'm actually scared. Do you know what? Because because I feel like it's going to scare me even more than I already am. I feel scared sometimes, like, can I bring a child into this world? I know, right? I was just at the beach this weekend and I was like, yeah, we've got a lot of work to do if we have a children right now, a child. Yeah, I'm, I'm scared. I don't know if we're going to make it, if the earth is going to continue to move forward or not. But... Yeah, because apparently we're due for another extinction. Like the last one was the dinosaurs and David's like, well, everyone actually that I listened to was like, yeah, we're due for another extinction. Extin- uh, extin- I can't say the word. Can you say it? Extinction. There we go. <laughs> now. And But he says, okay, so... It's at the end of the film, you need to watch it. He explains step-by-step step what to do to re-combat things that we've already done so we can live a better life. Mm-hmm. And another film or doco I recently watched with my brother while we were on holidays and it was Kiss the Ground. Kiss the Ground. Basically, they, it's a documentary about farming and how we are ruining the planet but how we can replenish it and how we should be getting our food. And, like, for, for me, like, I, my goal in my whole entire life is to get that wealthy that I can just walk and buy everything organic and walk into, like, GoVita and just buy all the health food store. But it is expensive. But I think it's just... I'm trying to become more conscious about where I buy my food. And I guess uh, the question that I had for you that I'm really not getting to is uh, pesticides and all of the chemicals and fruit and vegetables and maybe some things that you, where do you purchase your food or like what sort of things do you do to maybe combat that or um, reduce, I guess, the chemical things that are going in your body and your view on that as well on pesticides. Yeah. Yeah, I guess sometimes I like people to zoom out of this and look at their life from the perspective of maybe they're poisoning themselves every weekend by drinking 15 vodka cruises and then they want to know about the pesticides on the vegetables that they're eating and I'm like um there's an imbalance here let's just focus on what we can control and whilst you know organic vegetables and things are so expensive if you don't have the means to do it don't even worry I don't think it's going to have a huge harm on your health over the long term, I think that um, sometimes I think stressing about things like this can be more harmful than, you know, some of the pesticides you might get on a sweet potato that you buy from Woolies. So I think if there are bigger things in your life to worry about, then definitely like maybe binge eating or um, binge drinking is just huge in Australia. So if you're still binge drinking and worrying about like organic food, then sort that out first. Okay, that should be number one, I think. Um, Not sleeping, you know, maybe partying too hard. There are many other things, I think. But Mm. saying that, I do try to eat, you know, um, as best I can. So I get all of my fruit and veggies from Hill Street, which is like just Tasmanian. I think that you guys don't have that but they're like a smaller grocer and they seem to have some really good stuff. We have one in Dodgers Ferry just five minutes from my house, so I'm super lucky to have that. But, yeah, that's basically my view. Yeah, beautiful. And, everyone, Maddie hasn't had a drop of alcohol for how long? Oh, I haven't. I, actually, I had a sip of a beer. So that's not, I haven't had a drop. 
Um, but I haven't drank alcohol, like drink at all since, well, January 1st will be two years. That's beautiful. Yeah. I guess, uh, yeah, I would love for you to speak about a bit of, about your journey of like, I guess, quitting alcohol and maybe some challenges you face still being like a young person and going out with friends. And I mean, before COVID, uh, and some things that you faced going through this journey of yours. And I want to make it um, super clear that I do not hate people that drink alcohol and I do not encourage everyone to quit drinking at all. This is just a personal journey. I love going out to dinner with my friends and they're having wine and enjoying it and my, my partner still drinks and he loves it and that's totally fine. It was just a personal thing for me because I realised that I would only drink to get drunk. I didn't like the taste, don't like the taste of it. I would have a drink and I would want another and I would want another and it made me realise that that's just a way for me to get outside of my own thoughts and get outside of my own brain and the way that the things that I need to deal with. Why else on Fridays do we feel the need to get lit? Like why else? Why do we need to get drunk um, on a Friday? It's because we're sick of our own thoughts and our own our own feelings and so we want to get out of it. We just want to get out of our mind and that's what drinking does for us. For me, I'm not a good drunk person. I'm like probably just like I would say things that I didn't mean or didn't agree with, you know, and they say, you speak your truth when you're drunk. No, I definitely do not speak my truth when I'm drunk. I speak my truth when I am sober. So I basically, it was just so random how it all happened. I It was New Year's and I did not have the, I'm not drinking from New Year's or anything like that. I just got really drunk. No, I didn't even get really drunk. I drank a lot, like a whole bottle of some sort of Jim Beam sort of drink and um, didn't really get that drunk, didn't really have that much fun and then woke up the next morning just feeling like shit. And, like, I would I would vomit a lot when I was hungover. It would take me, like, three good days to recover and to just appear as my normal self, just to appear as Madison again on Wednesday, which didn't align with my goals. Like how am I supposed to help clients become their best self on a Monday when I'm still hungover from Saturday night? But it's just the normal thing to do in Australia. Like we just drink every weekend. We just love to get drunk and it's our culture. So, yeah, it just New Year's one day I was just like, you know, I just don't want to drink right now. So I started listening to some audio books on sobriety, like not drinking, and um, I listened to how to con- the easy way to control your alcohol by Alan Carr, right? And honestly, since listening to that book, I didn't pick up another drink and I just never drank again since. I never told myself and I still haven't ever said I will never drink again. I will drink when I want to, but I do not want to at all. I have just fallen in love with being at weddings sober and watching the wedding and dancing and, um, you know, just being with friends in conversation at a table and not repeating myself. Mind you, when they start repeating themselves, that's when I go home. But I love sleep, so it fits in very well with my life. And, yeah, I just, I just haven't had a drink since and my life has improved out of sight. Like every aspect of my life has improved, my relationship, my business, 
my health, my physique, everything just changed when I stopped drinking and just experienced the the life without alcohol. Yeah, beautiful. And I guess I, for myself, I used to have a quite a bad relationship with alcohol when I was single. I would get so drunk that I would just black out. But a lot of the times that my friends were like, oh, you, you seem okay, but I actually could not tell you what happened that night to the point where this is really embarrassing, but I would wake up in hospitals, not know how I got there. There was one time where I woke up, I, like, I think it was 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. in the morning, I woke up at a hospital in Brisbane after a night out and they discharged me. And I'm pretty sure I got into the hospital because I couldn't tell my driver where I lived and I was like living with a friend at the time. So my license said a different thing. And I drove, no, I got a taxi home after I'd just come out of hospital, still had my band on, drove to the house that I was staying at, got changed. I was a waitress at the time, drove to work and started my 5.30 a.m. shift. And I was like, what the actual hell? There was times where I woke up in the back of my house and like didn't have a key inside and had to ask the neighbours if I could chill at their house while a housemate came home. Like how embarrassing and how disgusting, but like this is normal in our culture to be like, I mean, this is when I was like 19, 20, but even then like, it was so embarrassing and I look back now and it's just like we all go through, I guess, this unconditioning of like, I mean, I started drinking in high school and I'm like, how was my mom buying me alcohol when I was 15? But that's normal. Yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah. really Jack, to, Jack, my partner, used to, we've been together for like six years now, a long time. He used to just get calls from me at like two in the morning and I'm like, I'm sitting at McDonald's. I'm lost. Like, help me. Like, what? What is that about? Why would I do that? Why does this drug, alcohol, we call it alcohol and drugs. It is just drugs. It's just drugs. Why does this drug cause me to be so weird and to not be able to be conscious of what I'm doing, what I'm saying? It just is not the drug for me, let me say that much. So Jack used to like come with me in the morning to go and find my wallet on the side of the road and my keys would be down there and my phone would be in the gutter um, and I just couldn't handle it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and I feel like what you said before, it's like it's just a numbing agent and it's like what are we really numbing ourselves from? And at that point, like I had so many self-love issues and I was just numbing myself with my own thoughts because my my thoughts are so active and they've always been active and that was my escape to seem normal. And like even growing up, like I always felt like not the odd one out, but I was different. Like I loved my friend's parents, but I probably love my friend's parents and talking to them more so than I like talking to my own friends because like I hated talking about boys and like hairs and outfits like I just love to talk about the world and like what actually was happening and their views on things like that was what really excited me and I guess that was my way of drinking was my way of getting on their level and I would always wake up the next day regretting it. and I still do like even even if I have one wine now I wake up the next day and I can feel the like different and I'm like I hate that. And it's just like when trying to reprogram our beliefs or like our relationship with alcohol. Yeah, that's the whole, the whole thing is a bit difficult to understand. Like why do we like go to yoga and do meditation and our skincare and then we're so happy to guzzle like ethanol? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> 
you know, like that yeah. was that was the imbalance that I didn't quite understand with myself. And it was a weekly thing. Mm. Every weekend it was just part of my life. So it was a transition. Like when I quit, when I didn't quit, I just wasn't drinking. My my bestie was like, when is this phase over? <laughs> <laughs> Girl, I don't think this is a phase, but we'll see. Um, it's been a long phase so far. My, my Jack was even like one day, how are we going to like go to Rome and experience like Paris together? My, we d- we'll just do it. He envisioned us sitting under the Eiffel Tower drinking wine. It's yeah. a romantic thing. But you know what would make that situation so much more romantic than having an expensive um, poison in a glass would be if I was in my right mind and just knew how much I loved him in that moment. Yeah. And I present him and tell him how I feel. That Mm. would be really romantic, you Mm. know, and be healthy and be happy. So, yeah. yeah. And more space to eat your baguette. Oh, that's (laughs) like everyone's drinking their cocktails and I'm like, get me the dessert menu. Yeah. And start wrapping up, but I did want to ask you one question about like how becoming more conscious around your menstrual cycle has like helped your day-to-day life and your work and your business relationships. I know you did like a video with Jack explaining his viewpoints on like how you changed during like the whole month. So how has that helped you in every sort of way possible? Honestly, all the phases of Madison throughout the entire month, there are quite a few and some... And I guess what, like, harnessing the power of understanding your menstrual cycle has done for me is it has taught me to love winter medicine that is, as Jack called, like a baby. That's what I turn into when I'm in my period. I just want to be looked after, cared for. I'm fragile. Um, I'm a little baby. Um, And learning to love that person and not feel angry with her for not being the productive powerhouse that I am when I'm in my summer and my spring, I think that has been the biggest thing for me. Autumn, I think, is my worst time in terms of, like, painful breasts and um, lack of motivation with work. Um, I feel just super tired. And learning to love that girl too. I now, like, say to Jack, I'm in my autumn, like, give me some time. And he'll be like, oh, okay, I understand now your hormones are starting to take a dive and it's, it makes sense. And I think teaching your partner, if you have, like, a male partner, teaching them about it, if you've got a girlfriend, like, then she's going to understand if she gets a period too. But telling the, me- the men in your life what you're going through is, like, so powerful because now... Jack can really see if I just need to not be, like, harassed in that moment. Like, don't ask me that question again. I'm in my winter and he just understands. And then we are the ones who have to go through it, right? They don't have to go through it. They are their best self every day. So taking some of the ownership off you and giving it to them, this is your thing to deal with. I want you to understand my cycle so that we can work together to have the best relationship and that might mean different things at different times of the month. Yeah, beautiful. And how 
people that don't know this maybe in your program that you sort of brief on or talk about, do you see like light bulbs in your clients where they're like, what? You actually talk about your partner with that or, oh my God, I wish I had that or I wish I knew this. Do you see that? About menstrual cycle? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the biggest wow moment I get is when I explain to a client, like I'll take them back over the past month of their transformation, physique transformation, right? And I will show them how their body changes throughout the month and explain that to them on a zoomed out, like in a zoomed out way. And then they're like, oh my God, my body actually changes so much at that time of the month. And here I am every period thinking that I need to buy new jeans and thinking that I'm like putting on all this weight and then needing to diet again. That's the biggest wow moment is that I say, just stay calm, my love. Like we're going to get through this and I'm going to show you how every single month is going to be the same in terms of like changes within your physique. And then they can expect that they're going to like my boobs. I don't even know what size they go to. Like I'm a double D normally and I don't even know what size they go to when I'm on my period, but they go big, okay? So expecting that and saying to them, I'll say to them because I track their periods and I'll say, are you PMSing? Like is that why you're feeling really stressed about needing to lose fat all of a sudden when at first we were talking more about um, fitness and getting stronger and now all of a sudden you need to lose fat? Are you PMSing? And they're like, well, yes, I am. And, okay, we'll take a step back, like, we're going to evaluate this every single month. I think that moment is the biggest one for them. Yeah, beautiful. And just having someone there that understands what they're going through and I guess like having a space because I know all the PTs that I've ever gone to have always been men and men can try but they actually don't know how having a menstrual cycle feels like but using I guess when we have these male partners and just communicating like sometimes I'll just be a savage bitch and then I'll be like, what day are you on? And then I'd be like, oh, like 28. He's like, oh. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And it's just like communicating them because he wants to learn and half the time, like I bet your partner, well, anyone listening, like your partner wants to learn as well. They just, they don't know where to start. So it's just guiding them to become more aware and comfortable with it. Like I guess Matt had no choice because we had to live in a van for six months. So he saw everything, but it's just making it comfortable because half the time like if they grew up in a house of only men or if they weren't never had like a serious girlfriend before they don't know like and there's no reason for them to know so we have to really pass the pay and I used to get pissed off um, when they would say are you on your period because it felt like it was a really condescending thing to say but now I'm like that's right you better write that date down in your diary boy because (laughs) we're gonna go through some shit together As a little alarm. Yes, I used to have, I changed apps recently, but Matt had access to my Flow app so he could see. But half the time he's at work anyway, away um, away in Queensland. So he doesn't have to experience it too often. But I had this really funny thing. I don't know where I heard of it, but I loved it. Um, the girl gave her boyfriend, like the, the Flow app was on her boyfriend's phone and he logged her symptoms for her. I'm like, that's amazing. Like, can you get Matt to do that? So <gasps> he logs when, when you're feeling insecure and he logs when you're feeling, because he knows you better than anyone, right? Yeah. Um, sometimes we can't tell ourselves, like, when you're being very self-critical. Like, do you know that you're being very self-critical? No. That is amazing. Yeah. 
Oh my God. I love that. Get the boys to love you. <laughs> and then you go through it like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I'll yeah. make show you doctor. Yeah. Like, oh, on that day, I was feeling um, <laughs> very empathetic. And then on that day, I was in a really bad mood. Oh really? I didn't even know that. Yeah. And I love how like the menstrual cycle has been pushed away for so long, but it needs to be, well, it is becoming a part of everything. It's part of your relationship. It's part of your business. It's part of how you perceive yourself and what you do. And when you book things in, like it, it's, it needs to be like at the core. And that's why I love talking about it because it's literally like transform, like everything mm-hmm. I do, like someone said, Oh, want to do a photo shoot. And I'm like, hang on, when am I ovulating and want to do a speaking gig? And it's like, or want to do like a chilled out thing. And definitely, like becoming more open with my friends like I'll be coming into my period and they're like want to have dinner and I'll be like can you make me dinner at your house because I don't really feel like doing anything and they're like yes I would love to do that it's just creating a space where you are allowed to be that and I have a friend and she has a little son and then her friend they go to the same school and she's got a little girl and they take turns of school drop off and pick up so it can allow the mum that's on a period like a couple more hours during the day just to recoup themselves and I think that's really beautiful it's just creating like just making it common again (laughs) that's so good I do the exact same thing as you so I plan my life around my cycle and like now my clients do that too like one of my long-term clients Matilda who's um, a mentor in my group now I wanted to do a photo shoot with her because I wanted her to be on my website. So I said to her, like, hey, when can we do this photo shoot? And she's like, oh, yeah, I can't do that weekend. I'm, I'm bleeding. And I was like, I have taught you well. I have taught you well. <laughs> so we'll book it next week when you're ovulating and it'll be fantastic. <laughs> so I do the exact same thing. When we booked into this one, I was, I'm coming into my spring, which is my best self now. So I was like, this will be the perfect time. So we booked it in from that. Um, I have this big calendar. If you're watching on YouTube, you can have a look. But if you're on podcast, you won't be able to see. But I write autumn, summer, winter, spring on my big calendar and I cross the days out as they've gone and I don't schedule anything for my winter months and I make sure to slow down in my autumn as well. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's been the most powerful thing that I could have done, 100%. And if you aren't, do it. And it's, it's sad that I guess the nine to five and like the, the common work day is, has been molded and created to suit a male and like the waking up really early and doing a really intense, high intensity workout and having like a, a breakfast. And then, I mean, breakfast is great for anyone, but then going to work from nine to five and then going out socializing and then going to the couch at like nine o'clock and falling asleep or having a relax and then going to bed like that. We're trying to like morph ourselves into this, this, uh, system that we can't fit into because we are different people with different requirements each day and I like for yourself I'm probably the same like I feel so grateful that I can do this now but if anyone that does have a corporate nine to five you can still use this method you can days that maybe you're ovulating um try and opt for more face-to-face meetings and then if you're menstruating like ask your boss if you can either have the day off like a sick leave there for a reason like start using it and I wish I knew that's the time I just quit my job. And I think I had like, I hadn't had a sick day in three years. So that was a lot of sick days. I should have used them. I used to take the sick days because I was, but I would feel terrible for it. Right? Yeah. The guilt. The guilt. For the period guilt. I'd just say, woman things, sorry, but like really bad, you know, because my pain was that bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
I had a boss that said, oh, don't take your period off because it makes you look weak. And I was like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> well, I won't then. But I so, am weak at that time. I am yeah. weak at that time and that's okay. Why is it bad? Mm, it's just trying to live into like the, the work that I lived in was very masculine and like you had to go, go, go. Like the job that I used to work at, um, some people still listen, but it's totally open. They just like on drugs all the time and alcohol and entertaining and like, it was so draining. So yeah, if you are in that climate of culture, just really hone in on yourself and your needs and be unapologetic of what you need at different times. And it's just jotting them down to see your own rhythm and flow because we're all so different. Like Maddie, you are more open during your spring phase as opposed to your summer. And I actually feel more tired as in my luteal phase as opposed to my actual menstrual phase. Like I get tired just before my period and like during my period, I'm pretty good. It's just working out your own cycles because we're, we're all different. But I love that you incorporate that in your own work. And I could talk to you forever, I feel. I know. But we should end it here. But I just wanted to, if you can quickly just sum up really quickly of how everyone can reach you, work with you, join BBM and just indulge everything that you do, uh, Body by Madison. Yeah. So also, if you do become a BBM member in the next month, you get 20% off Carly RTT sessions. So that could be the start of a new life for you, let me just say. Mm. Um, so if anyone wanting to inquire about coaching my program, how they can become a part of the community, um, I do have a website which is just about to be launched, so bodybymadison.com.au. Um, it, it's probably launched by the time this website or this podcast goes out, but if not, then go to my Instagram page, which is bodybymadisoncoach. And in my bio, there's a link just to set up a Zoom meeting with me and we'll just have a chat. I'll go through all the details um, and see if you're a good fit for the program. Yay, awesome. Well, I'll leave everything. I'll get all the details from you and leave it below so people can just click through. But how exciting. So many, yeah, so much good things to come. And thank you so much for taking the time and being on the podcast today as the first official guest. I know. And I feel like it's such an honour and a privilege. <laughs> I can hear Sunny's tail hitting the door. Oh, Kopi does that every morning. You go, good morning, Kopi. And then yeah. his tail goes. The bum shake. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, so beautiful. beautiful. The best thing in life, right? I know. So beautiful. Thank you, gorgeous girl. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I would love to hear your key takeaways. So please leave a review on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to share this episode on social media and tag me at Carly Jade. Now go out and find your feminine.